Welcome to the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will be greatly encouraged as Pastor Dale Walker and others bring a fresh word from God directly to your heart. Be blessed. Just been talking about how to have a Christmas breakthrough. And, you know, I feel that this is so significant because the story of Christmas is a story where everything changed. And we are in a season where our hearts are yearning. God, we need a change. We need you to break through. And, and it's the story of how suddenly when God steps into our story, what was once hopeless becomes filled with joy and hope. One of my favorite phrases in the story is when the shepherds, um, they're there, it's a dark night, and the angel appears and they say yes, and it says suddenly there was with that angel 10,000 angels. It was like heaven turned upside down. I mean, here, heaven was here and they're down here and all of a sudden heaven just went whoop <laughs> and the glory came. And that has a special uh, meaning in my life. Uh, many years ago, almost 50 years ago now, when I was just a young, very young teenager, I was in a service like this and my mom for 10 years had suffered acute issues with her health, her back. They had to come off the mission field, my parents. And I was sitting in that service and the preacher was preaching on suddenly. says, God can work suddenly. And, and she used to have these huge swelled hands and couldn't walk hardly. And in the middle of that sermon, the Holy Spirit came on her. I'll never forget. She jumped up and ran down the aisle <laughs> She got home and wanted to race us, and, and that changed our whole family suddenly. And I had a word this morning, or not this morning, probably it was Thursday, I was jogging, and, and God just told me to tell the people, your breakthrough is closer than you think. You know, Jesus would always say, the kingdom is at hand. He would say, it's, it's not like it's, you got to travel a million miles. His kingdom is present. In the blink of an eye, he can come. And when he does, everything changes. We said a breakthrough is a sudden advance, a turnaround, an unexpected provision. An intervention in which all of a sudden, either gradually or possibly suddenly, what was old becomes new. And we need those breakthroughs today. It may be a relational breakthrough. How many know there's a lot of families? They've had some quarantine quarrels. They've had some strife, and it's political, and I don't like you anymore, and all of that. How many know God could give you a heart of peace? And you could say, hey, let's just love each other. A marriage could just turn around. Financially, I love the story a few, a few weeks ago when Anna, my daughter, shared and they, my son-in-law Joe had been unemployed during the pandemic. And they didn't know how they were going to make it. They were behind. And suddenly they got the news. They had a house they had tried to sell 10 years or something before. Suddenly someone wanted to buy the house. And they were able to, to make the bills. How many of you, sometimes breakthroughs are big. Sometimes they're small. We weren't sure how the, uh, Chris and Heidi would get to plane from Africa during all the airports shut down. And we were praying. And suddenly an airline they found would fly. And just God loves to do that. 
where you don't see a way, he makes a way. He's a God of breakthrough. And, and so we've said, look, if we can see how these early nativity people responded to God to receive their breakthrough and learn from them, then we can have breakthroughs too. And so last week we, we shared that the breakthrough came because they believed the promises of God. All breakthroughs begin when we, uh, when we believe that God's promises and we start looking to the promises of God. You know, I love what the Bible says about the word. It says the word is like a seed. How many know seeds have power? When, when seeds are, are in the soil, there's, there's life. Have you ever seen grass grow through concrete or, or a weed? Isn't that amazing? It's the power of a seed. When the word of God, when you take a promise of God, and you, you let it come to life inside of you. There isn't what I call an inevitable force that will produce breakthrough. There is something inside. I remember an old sermon by John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad. He said, no amount of dirt in your life is greater than the power of the seed in your life. You may have mountains of trouble, but it's the word of God is in there. It has power. Have you ever seen somebody, their life is just broken, but they start to get the word in them. And it's like a seed and the concrete starts to break. Look at this verse, Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not, somebody say, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Wow. Keep the promise alive. Today we want to talk about the second thing. Breakthrough doesn't just come as a promise. It comes as we follow the path to the promise. Uh, I put in your notes, breakthrough doesn't come as a wish but as a walk. Not just as a prize but a process. <laughs> a breakthrough doesn't always just happen on our timing. It happens when we daily make the choices and we daily believe the beliefs we need to believe that produces the growth that we need to have to come to a breakthrough. Can I tell you, persistent and consistently disciplined seeking after the Lord, believing what he wants you to believe, doing what he says, will produce inevitable breakthrough. And that's what we're going to learn about with these wise men today as we're going to read it is, is the process. Now, this is a challenge because many are waiting for Jesus to come to them while Jesus is waiting for us to go and seek him. <laughs> many are sitting and saying, I want a breakthrough. Yeah, we all want a breakthrough. But we want it to come while we're sitting. <laughs> but he wants it to come while we're seeking him, while we're going for it. And, and I, can I just tell you right now, i got to admit my weakness. This is a challenge for me. I'm not a patient person. Please pray for your pastor. I mean, I'm the guy that if the one Walmart line I'm in is getting slow, I'm looking for the next one. And, and I'm, I'm always in a hurry. I love to dream. I just don't like discipline. You know what I'm saying? If I get to a train tracks and there's a train, I'll drive six miles to get around the train, you know, and... 
And uh, sometimes I'm just in a hurry. And more than once, Sharon has to catch me. I'm on the way to church. She says, you forgot to comb your hair. Um, anyhow, this idea of waiting, this idea of patience, this idea of sticking in there, this idea of finishing the course is hard for me. Anybody else say, it's hard for me. All right, good. I'm, I'm, I'm not the only one. Thank God for that. But it's the key to breakthrough. Now, I want you to see this verse in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Because Jesus says this. Listen, if you want to have breakthrough, it just, doesn't just come from faith. It comes from follow-through. Look at this. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Somebody say that. Deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Okay, let's say daily three times. Daily, daily, daily. And then follow me. Say it three times. Follow, follow, follow. That's how you get breakthrough. Now, let's just read this story of the Magi. Matthew chapter uh, 2, 1 through 12. Because they show us the process. Remember, we're talking about three things in this series. The promise, the process, and the prize. We'll talk about that Christmas Eve. By the way, you got to come Christmas Eve. Tell somebody the kids' church play is amazing at 4 and 5.30, and then we'll have a midnight communion. But let's read this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. See, he quotes a promise. Like, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw this child with Mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure and presented him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned uh, to their country by another route. Now, what I want you to see, these, these we call them wise men, they were probably advisors to the king of, 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 of Babylon. This is a country in modern-day Iraq. And they were stargazers, and they gave advice based on the star formations. But what I want you to see is when they saw the star, what did they do? They took a journey. Can you imagine millions of people saw a star, but three took the journey? And this journey was no easy thing. I mean... 600 miles suggested that riding camel, you know, they didn't have Ferraris. They had camels. Um, at least three months there and three months back. How many of you would find a star and say, let's start walking 
through cold, through desert, robbers. We got to find the Lord. They continued, and they, the, the star would come and go, and, and they just walked. And they just walked. They had to make adjustments. They, you know, they had to persist, and, and then the breakthrough came. A couple of points. I mentioned this last week, but one, it took longer than they thought, but ended up more glorious than they imagined. Can I tell you, many breakthroughs will take a lot longer than you thought. I told you about my mom. She was ill for 10 years. I, I could never understand. 10 years she prayed for her healing. But what we don't see is behind the scenes, God has a plan. You see, waiting isn't God wasting time. It's God preparing us in the process. I mean, what God knew was when he healed my mom, all of her children would be teenagers. When she first had the problem, I would have been three or four years old. And because of that, all of our, her kids came and dedicated. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit that night. How many know God's timing is perfect? And he's never late. Uh, two of the people that are heroes in the story, Anna and, and Simeon, Anna was a widow who prayed for the coming Messiah from the time she was in her 20s, at least 60 years. 60 years every day. And God came. God has a, a purpose. He's not punishing us. God's delays are not his denials, I say. God is not punishing us He's preparing us. Why is this taking so long? No, wrong question. How do I need to let God prepare me while this is taking so long? <laughs> what is it that I need to learn? What is it I need to adjust and change so that I'm ready for the breakthrough when it comes? Secondly, so often it seems like the time when the breakthrough seems the furthest away, it's actually the closest. I think that moment when Herod, they realized things were bad, it was like, oh, and yet they were just seven miles away. Isn't it interesting? Sometimes it's darkest before the dawn. Have you ever found that? The moment you want to quit the most is the moment God's about to work. It's almost always that the enemy attacks and, and there's chaos you doubt everything. And then all of a sudden, it's morning. And God comes. Now, what I want you to see, the, the key to breakthrough was that they followed in their daily choices. They, they didn't just think about a future possibility, but they took daily responsibility. They, every day, they just got up and they kept walking. When it was, felt good, they got up and walked. When, they, when it was stormy outside, they got up and walked. When, when they were getting along, they got up and walked. When they were fighting with each other, they got up and walked. Every day, they just kept doing what God called them to do. Now, here is such a key. Breakthrough is not something that just is, that we think about that's over the rainbow. So often we think of breakthrough kind of passing. Someday, 
But the truth is, breakthrough is happening every day that we are growing and building and obeying God. You just don't see it. I, I just love to tell that people often way overestimate tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to be great. And they underestimate the power of the choice they could make today. How many, when you're 18 years old, you said, someday I want to be a millionaire? But how many started saving 10% of your income when you were 18 years old? You probably, many would be millionaires by the time they were 40. But instead, they were waiting. This thing is going to happen out there somewhere. <laughs> instead of today is the day. Jesus said in John 40, 35, don't say four months and then comes the harvest now. There's something to do now. Don't think about eating the fruit. Think about sowing the seed. You know what I'm saying? Breakthroughs are like planting a garden. They don't just come day, whoa, I got fruit. They come because you planted. They come because you watered. They come because you fertilized. They come because every day you stayed the course. There's a legend of the old stone cutter in the days where they used to have to physically when they were making a, a, a stone building, they would have to literally carve the stone out of, with their hands, they would use a sledgehammer or whatever. And one day, the stone cutter was, had his sledgehammer and he was pounding this rock. And this boy was watching him and he, he pounded the rock a hundred times, a hundred swings, bam, bam, bam. And, and on the hundredth uh, hammer, the rock broke. And, and the boy said, wow, man, that 100th hammer was the magic hit. And the stonecutter said, you don't, you don't understand, son. The rock broke every time I hit it. It just didn't show up until the 100th hit. You know, I, I love when Thomas Edison you know, when he invented the incandescent light bulb, it, they say that uh, it took 14,000 tries. That guy was patient, huh? And, and someone interviewed him and, and, and said this, and I thought, they said, you mean you failed 14,000 times making a light bulb? He said, no, I took the 14,000 steps that it takes to get to the invention of the light bulb. I mean, friends, this is huge. If you can just see it, what we do so often is we, we put the breakthrough into something that may just someday magically happen, and that allows us to give place to what I call the stronghold of procrastination. Anybody know about procrastination? All right. <laughs> uh, somebody tell your neighbor, you need this right now. Get ready. Anyhow, it is the easiest thing in the world to say, tomorrow, that hard thing I know I need to do. I'll do it tomorrow. I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. I'm going to, whoa, watch out, Pastor. I'm going to read the Bible next week. And this is the, the misbelief of procrastination, and that is that if I put off something I don't want to do today, tomorrow I'm going to feel like doing it. <laughs> Doesn't work that way, does it? The sooner you do it, the sooner you overcome procrastination. And that's where most of us end up never getting there. How many know it was inconvenient, I'll bet, to leave for six months to go find the star? 
at least one of the wise men said, why don't we wait a little longer? We need to raise some money. We need something. But Wayne Myers, I love what he says. He says, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. So many of us wait, and then we miss the breakthrough God had for us. Well, someday I'll get around to that. Someday I'm going to be a full-on disciple of Jesus. And it's only when someday becomes this is the day, and I will do whatever I can. It may be small, but I can water the garden today. I heard one brother, he was trying to overcome procrastination. Maybe some of us could use this. He vowed to himself that every day for one month he would wake up and say 50 times, do it now, do it now. Somebody say it with me. Do it now, 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 do it now. And many of us could use some of that therapy. Now. I can't do everything about healing my marriage, but there's one thing I could, I could at least pray today. I couldn't do everything about the new job or my career, but I could do one thing today. And it's in that simple obedience. I love to tell the story of this elderly, small little lady. She's whacking this big tree in her yard and, and the, uh, this guy drives by and he says, why are you doing that? Do you want me to help you chop down that tree? He says, no, I'm going to do this. He says, I, he says, go ahead, lady. You'll never do it, you know, but he drives off. Three months later, he drives by. It's still there. Six months later, he drives by and the tree's gone and the wood's all stacked. So he's so curious, he stops and he asks the lady, what on earth did you do? How did you, how did you do that? She said, Sonny, it's very simple. Five whacks a day. It took nine months, but five whacks a day. What are some things that today you would say, God, if I would be faithful, if I, I like to say breakthrough, if I will do what I can do with who I'm with, when I can do it, then you will do what I cannot do to cause the impossible to happen in my life. I will just. Can I tell you how to free yourself from a lot of stress? Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. It's so easy to get up. How am I going to do that? How am I going to fix that person? How am I going to fix that process? What am I going to do about this? And we just start to uh, stress out. And Jesus said, you're just wasting energy. You're just wasting your time. I didn't give you grace for tomorrow. How many know you just get grace one day at a time? But I gave you all the grace you need for today. And so what if instead of trying to figure out all those problems, you just said, God, what do I need to believe today and what choice can I make today? And if I do that faithfully, that other stuff will take care of it. I love this verse in Proverbs 21, 31. I don't know if we have it. But it says, uh, the horse prepares for battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. You know, I want to go fight the victory. Don't worry about the victory. Just get the horse ready. <laughs> How many have a hard time getting your horse ready sometimes? <laughs> get your heart ready. Just get your heart ready. The Lord will take care of the battle. 
I, I remember a high jumper who said, I don't, all I do to get over the bar, he says, I get my heart over, the body will follow. I just got to get my heart there, you know. If I can just get my heart where God wants it to be, he's going to get me to where I need to be. And so I want to just observe five things that the shepherds did, excuse me, the wise men did. Five daily things they did that took them through the path to the breakthrough that they needed. And I want you to hear this because we're getting ready for 2021. Can you believe it? Almost 2021. And nothing you can do for 2021 is more important than to figure out your five swings. Your five swings, your five chops that you would be willing to do every day for God so that God could do everything he wants to do in your life. Number one, they kept looking up and agreeing with the promises of God in their heart. They stayed in the word. I love how it says in Matthew 2.10, the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. What does that mean? Every day they were looking like this. How many know they could have been looking like this? Anybody feel like looking like this lately? Or how about looking like this? Oh, the good old days. But God says, don't look like this and don't look like this. Look like this. Lift up your heads. Corey Tim Boom says, look around and you'll be distressed. Look within and you'll get depressed. But look to God and you'll be blessed. What are you looking at today? I'm looking at the promises of God. Thank you very much. I'm looking at what God said he was going to do. I see. You, you see all that? I see this. The good work I began in you, I will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. I, I see. I know my plans for you. I'll give you a hope. You will not walk in darkness. You will have the light. I will turn your ashes to beauty, your sorrow to joy. I'm telling you, what you see and what you speak in your heart determines where you end up in your life. If I could just say this one thing, and I shared it last week, but what, are you, what beliefs are you agreeing with in your heart? What have you decreed over yourself? What have you decreed over your future? Your words frame your future. So whatever you seize becomes what you see. If you take the word of God, God told Joshua, Joshua, do you want to be successful tomorrow when you go into the problem? Meditate on my word every day and don't let it leave your mouth. Keep saying what I have said because whatever you agree with with your words, you partner with in your life. If you agree with the devil, you give him power. Now, I'm saying this because, let me just say, this is, this is an issue I face. Many times we think of negative things we say ourselves as harmless. Well, what else should I say? I feel bad that, you know, I'm going to say it like it is. Well, you know, you, you become pessimistic. You become complaining. You become, you become, you know, critical. And you say, well, that's just the way I feel. But remember the children of Israel, they died in the wilderness because they complained. You see, negativity 
is not just harmless verbalization. Negativity is declaration of defeat. Negativity gives the enemy a place in your life. I'm telling you this. I put in your notes, you know, we all know cussing is a sin because cussing is taking God's name in vain. But I put in here complaining is a sin because it's taking God's promises in vain. You're not believing God's promises. You're agreeing with fear. You're agreeing with hate. You're agreeing with hurt. And when you do, it gives power to those things. And it distracts you from the star. One of the most powerful stories in the Christmas story is about Zechariah. Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, have prayed for a baby. But they quit praying when they got old. And suddenly the angel appears. This is in Matthew, uh, Luke chapter 1. And the angel says, Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. How many know your prayers keep going even after you stop praying? <laughs> they don't have a shelf life. And God said, those prayers you paid 20 years ago, I heard them now. But Zechariah, he complains. He says, well, God, we're too old. We can't have a baby. And you'd think, well, God says, oh, I understand. It must be so hard. Let me empathize. No, he says, all right. This is going to mess up everything, Zachariah. Zachariah, I'm going to push the mute button on you until the baby's born. And Zachariah was unable to speak. Why? Because he would have canceled what God was going to do. And boy, how many know he learned as a, I, I think the Lord should have used that on me a few times. I'm just going to mute you for about six months. I bet you I would have learned to get my words under control, right? But, but suddenly, he realizes the power of his words. So the moment God opens his tongue, he starts declaring the word. His name is John, and praise the Lord, and God is good, and it's going to be a victory, and hallelujah, you know. <laughs> because what you decree over your life it's what you experience in your life. Lift up your eyes. Number two, they left the past behind. They refused to look back. They, they put their old regrets. They put their old thoughts. And this is where we come to the part about the cross. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Someone said, the world counts wins and losses. God counts crosses. How many times a day do you take up the cross? What does that mean? It means that when you would be tempted to let your old self take over, you'd be tempted to look back. You'd be tempted to hold on to that resentment that you used to have. You're tempted to, to, to go back to that addiction. You're tempted to go back and envy or tempted to go back and give up. And, and you could easily do that, but instead, you nail that to the cross and you say, I am putting that self to death. I refuse to go back. I put off that old self. I'm looking to God. I'm going forward. I'm, I'm going after God. I'm chasing God. Can you see these guys chasing God? They're just saying, I'm not going to go back there. I could go back there, but I'm never going back there because my eyes are on Jesus. Look at what Paul said in Philippians 3.13. This was one of his big five that he did every day. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. 
But one thing I do, number one, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press for the mark, the prize. Every day, they kept reaching out. No, I'm not going back there. Yes, I was hurt 20 years ago. I'm never going back there. Yes, I was hurt yesterday, but I'm not going back to yesterday. Yes, I was disappointed with them last week, but I'm not going back to how I was disappointed. I'm going forward to the relationship God has for us. Somebody say, that's some good preaching. Wow. Number three, they stayed together in unity. Have you noticed it's three wise men? It's not one wise man. Can I just tell you this? You're not going to get to your promise alone. The people you have around you determine the goals and the victories that you're going to accomplish. Everywhere the Bible speaks of the, the breakthrough, it says where two or more gather, for, for wherever you find someone to stand with you, wherever you don't try to do it alone, but you say, would you be my prayer partner? Would you covenant with me to get to where God's called me to be? God moves. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or more gathered, he becomes present in that situation. Where two or more agree and come into covenant and help each other, God shows up. I just remember Sharon, my wife, giving a testimony, and she just talked, someone asked her, well, how did you get a blessed life, you know, and how did all these things God did for you? And she grew up in a home where, where two... Uh, of her siblings were terribly into drugs, and it was just a really sad situation, and yet she turned out, um, I think she married well, but no, you know, she turned out really uh, having this blessed life. And she said the first thing that came to her mind was when I was just young, you know, like 16 years old, I, I made this decision. I'm going to stay in church. I'm going to get up and go to church. When I feel like it, I'm going to get up and go to church. When I don't feel like it, I'm going to get up and go to church. When, when I like church, I'm going to go to church. When people at church annoy me, I'm going to go to church. See, this is not, you know, this is not rocket science. <laughs> it's abiding with the people who are going to the promised land and not getting off course. Now, of course, in our present situation, this has become more challenging than ever. How do you stay connected? Some of you watching online, you have symptoms, things that you can't come to church. But let me just tell you, there is, where there is a will, there is a way. I just want to shout out, we have this ladies' prayer group, and, and I'll call them senior ladies. I mean, let's just say their median age is in the 70s. I've heard people say, I can't figure out Zoom. Get ready with your excuses. All these ladies figured it out because the, the price of community was worth paying. And they get together every week on Zoom. They pray through the whole prayer list. Way to go, ladies. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Because they're not just getting breakthroughs for them. They're getting them for you. And if they stop, what would happen? Every one of your prayer requests today are going to get prayed over because there's some dear ladies that say, hey, this is complicated, but community's worth it. Number four, they passionately worshiped and offered their best gifts to Jesus. 
Do you know how grass grows through cement spiritually? It's when you worship. You push through barriers. Worship pushes through things in the spiritual realm that nothing else could break through. They brought their very gifts to God. They said, God, we are after Jesus. Don't you love God chasers? I just love people that are chasing God and they'll chase him to the ends of the earth because they know the secret of all of their future is in seeking him. Wise men still seek him, as they say. It is in going after him and worshiping him and falling at his feet. Don't you love it? They fell at his feet. They didn't just say, here I am to worship. No, they go, Jesus! <laughs> Woo! Gonna worship the Lord. I'm gonna go for it. Why? Because I'm going for a breakthrough. I'm not just going for a, you know, for a standoff. I'm going for a breakthrough in my worship. I'm going into the presence of God. I'm going into victory. I'm going into faith when I worship. Hallelujah. And God brought it to them. One of the questions that's begged in this whole story is why did the scholars who told them where Bethlehem was, why didn't they go worship? Have you ever wondered? There was almost no religious people at the cradle of Jesus. Strange, huh? Can I just propose the problem? It's called familiarity. It's called complacency. It's called been there, done that. Oh, yeah, I already know God. I went to Sunday school. Yeah, I already, I've been to church for 45 years. Well, I'm so sorry that you decided to leave your first love. Because you won't see the breakthrough you could have seen. Don't let familiarity, don't let routine. Remember when you first found him. Remember when he was your daily bread. Go after him with all your heart, with all your soul. And you will be one of the few that see the star all the way to the breakthrough. And the last one is they refuse to quit. They're passionately persisted. Ed and Chris, when he preached, he, he gave that Heidi Baker quote, if we don't quit, we win. But here is, here's the huge thing about that. Of all the character qualities, the most important one in breakthrough is endurance. You want endurance is? It's when you feel like quitting, you keep going anyway. It's when you feel like you can't do this anymore, you ask God for the grace to do it one more time. That simple thing was what set apart these wise men. God, I need the grace to do this one more time. And he always gives it. Now again, I said, why does God make us go through all of this? Because he's trying to build something in us. And boy, listen to these words. It's so important. God doesn't just want to give you breakthroughs. He wants to make you a breakthrough person. He wants to form your character into I never give up, I never quit, relentless, persistent human being that always reaches the designated goal of God for my life. 
I was reading about these certain ships that the, that the Coast Guard has called ice cutters, and I watched a video on YouTube. It was so awesome. It was just like where all the other ships, you know, turn back when they get to the Arctic or the Antarctic. These, these ships have these huge, you know, bows, and they, 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 they just cram into the ice over and over and they just break it apart and they push through all the way so that other ships can come behind them. And I just felt in my spirit, Dale, that's who you're supposed to be. If you are an ice cutter, a lot of people who would have never got through their ice will get through their ice because they'll follow you. Get through this. I gave a prophetic word here the God's building runways. You know, when you go to the airport, everybody sees the airplanes. How many have ever asked the question, who built that runway? Nobody thinks about the runway. But how many know without the runway, there's no airplanes landing anywhere, right? We think about the angel. How many of you think about the Annas and the Simeons for 60 years, they built the runway? Or John the Baptist, they prepared. They just showed up. They just called repentance. They just prayed. They just interceded. They just laid the groundwork. And then Messiah came. I believe in this particular season, intercessors in this season are the runway builders for God to land in an unbelievable, unprecedented way in our country. He's calling us to, to go into that kind of mode in our heart that says there is, not any, there is not any way out. There's not any back doors. There's just the star. And I will do anything and pay any price, but I won't give up. And I just speak this over someone here because Someone listening to this message today is at a quitting point. I don't know what it is. If it's your marriage, it's your faith, maybe it's even your life. And you just say, I'm exhausted and I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to tell you, God will give you grace. He is the grace giver. To keep going. He gives endurance to those who call to him. I love this little prayer I read called, I won't let go. I want to let go, but I won't let go. There are battles to fight by day and night. I'll never let go. I want to let go, but I won't let go. I'm sick, it's true, worried and blue and worn through and through. But I won't let go. I want to let go, but I won't let go. I will never yield. What? Lie down on the field and surrender my shield? No. I'll never let go. I want to let go, but I won't let go. May this be my song. Mid legions of wrong, oh God, keep me strong that I may never let go. For some of us, what this really means 
is that we go from someone who's a believer in Jesus to a disciple, from a fan of Jesus to a follower, from someone who wants to give God our problems to someone who wants to give up their options and say, God, as I get ready to start 2021, I'm going to be one of those who are not just talkers, they're the walkers, who pay the price, who follow Jesus every day, who take up their cross, who say, God, every day, every day, every day, Jesus is Lord. Every day. And I just want to speak out to anyone listening who's been on the fence and you're in some days and then you're out and then this week you're in, but next week you're not in. It's time to be all in. It's time to say, I am in. I am a follower. I'm going to the star. I'm going to end up in God's presence. I'm going to end up in his victory. And I'm never going to quit. When you make that decision, you will start to see breakthroughs come. If you're half committed, breakthrough doesn't happen. When you sort of think maybe you want to do this. But when you're all committed and there's no option then God moves and breaks through. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that God's Word has inspired you today in a way that will boost your faith greatly. We want to encourage you to visit our website at hftw.church and follow us on our social media. May God bless you richly.